going to try something new today. I'm going to try talking about the topics I have lined up for Google Flux Post. First thing I kind of want to talk through though is whether or not in order to get readership or at least be present around readership, I'm thinking about cross-posting to microblog. Not anything, not everything. So not like, um, sorry, not actual full stop button posts, not comics posts, not TV posts if I ever get to them. Wow, okay, so it's like a less and less. But link posts, yes, and uh, maybe summing up posts. So, gotta think about that. It's five bucks a month, and while I never found an audience or community on micro.blog, I feel like it's closer than anything else right now. So, thinking about writing about was the Phantom Menace of 20 and why it's actually a, a turning point. And I also wanted to talk about blog comments, but I have that written down. Phantom Menace and blog comments has been percolating in my mind for, well, the behavior has been percolating, has been active for 15 plus years, so sort of wing that, but the Phantom Menace of 20. So when the Phantom Menace came out, I saw it three times, right? Phantom Menace came out in 99. In 99, I had maybe developed enough critical emphasis on critics critical thinking enough on things. I didn't like Saving Private Ryan. At that point, I don't think, I think it was more like a, but I know that when I saw it, I referred to it as War, Star Wars 1. Um, I had seen, I'm trying to think, what would I have been all about back then? Savior, the Dennis Quaid, A Simple Plan, I don't think The Insider, I can't remember. I was a Wachowski stand from Bound, so Matrix would have been on the radar, but Matrix was its own sort of thing, just because what the Matrix, Star Wars made people say some stupid things. Star Wars made people take some really dumb positions and sort of snake out what would become some idiotic hills. The critics who loved episode one, like Ebert,
for like Michael Wilmington, I remember. Cisco would have passed by then. Look how much respect I can give Cisco. Passed. I got I got some respect for Gene Cisco. Um, but only because he never got any and he always deserved more than he wrote. Anyway, um, so I mean people were digging out their hills. Like I remember Michael Wilmington reviewing Star Wars the Phantom Edit and gave it three and a half stars and basically said the things this guy excised didn't fundamentally change the film. Other thing about movie reviews back then is the sort of authoritarian stance a lot of people took. They took a populist authoritarian stance, which is very different than an intellectual or populist or even authoritarian stance. Um, the, the way it was prescriptive, a movie review was prescriptive to your thought, what your thought should be. Uh, movie reviews were anti-critical, and you could argue they don't have to be, even even ones written in that way can turn around to uh, inform your own personal you know, thought process, right? You read multiple reviews and try to think through what these people are saying, try to understand where you agree with their sort of, I'm going to use the word epistemological, or mispronounce it occasionally, and epistemology isn't, I'm using a very big word to define something, it needs a lot of conditions to describe, so if you think of epistemology as your beliefs, for the purpose of this discussion, monologue, rambling, blathering, jabbering, jabbering is appropriate, quit jabbering, sort of my brain, um, but so using epistemology to say your beliefs about what is good and what is bad in terms of Understand, and you've got to be positive about filmmaking devices and contraptions created by, say, Eric Romer to dig this 
movie that Ebert likes in 1997, right? Whereas, frankly, to think, to agree with Ebert that Phantom Menace is four stars, you need to have drunk the Kool-Aid, the Ebert Kool-Aid, enough to agree that, hey, you know, in some contexts, Temple of Doom gets three and a half stars. And so, that was one of the big things about Ebert, because I, I actually right now know an Ebert stand. And back when I worked at the video store, I knew this kid who was younger than me was an Ebert stand. And I met online people in the mid-aughts even, people still, Ebert do or die, you know? I think of I think when Watchmen came out, some people started having a wake-up to it, but the thing about Ebert is he, and this is why I always wanted um, me and talented podcast co-host Matt Hurwitz to do a roast, an intellectual roast of Roger Ebert. He has had no interest in it. I just think it's worth talking about because we understanding why we think what you think is not a bad thing unless of course you I mean in theory you can think of bad and wrong things if, if you weren't a fucking idiot voted for Donald Trump you might be able to figure your way out of it but anyway so Ebert we'll just call him Joe because his name was Joe complaints about Ebert was he was absurd in his praise, right? He also would turn out to be absurd in his derision, but he was absurd in his praise because his fans would explain, well, see, the thing is, the reason that you can have three and a half star Temple of Doom, the reason star fan of Menace is a four-star usual suspect. I'm not sure Ebert gave that four stars, but something of that caliber. I'm sure he gave one of the Tarantinos four stars in that movie. But that's not the same thing. Giving four stars to this thing is not the same as giving four stars to that thing. He has undefined classes in which movies Gave games of New Games of New York four stars. That movie is an objectively a piece of shit. So there's there's a lot. This, this is a guy who cried Leonardo DiCaprio didn't get nominated for Best Actor on Television. He and Cisco cried about this on TV. At least I've read that. It was a good anecdote because they're clowns. I mean, they were they got to be clowns. Ceased to be 
so the idea that some things are supposed to be really good and some things are supposed to be really good in a different way. So <coughs> you don't need X, Y, and Z to be good if you have C, D, and E. Well, and I mean, C, D, and E, X, Y, and Z are things like good writing and good acting, right? So C, D, and E are aliens with two fucking heads or something, right? But I can't get, and at that time, that it made sense, right? Like, I never acknowledged it because I didn't know what my problem was with it because I'd only ever hung out with film people and film people are absurd. Other disciplines, creatives and other creatives and other disciplines are also absurd but the way film people are absurd is special. I think, in fact, we've, we've sort of learned that in reality, for really popular entertainment, it goes comics, well, no, it doesn't go comics, TV, film. It goes comics, film, TV, and then popular fiction. But anyway, and comics is because it's less hands in the pot more accountability, more responsibility. So, but at the time, I, I didn't want to give an inch on this whole idea of silo, genre silos. So, but it explains why someone can like, I don't know, who's that knocking on my door? And Happy Gilmore. It explains how person can like even more popular Shawshank Redemption and Batman Forever. Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile are actually really good ways to talk about that epistemological toolkit I was talking about just because if you look at the initial negative reaction to Mile, it was sort of collectively because people didn't exactly understand what was good about Shawshank. <clears throat> and Shawshank, let's not forget, did not get good reviews. The critics missed that one. So, and they didn't miss it to be ironic. So, um, the silo Yeah. When I got to the point of writing the stoplight. Pretty quickly began to understand, for me, the cohesive gel of the network. What connects films, what connects anyone, is the experience. Experience of them. And this is not a new thing. I didn't have very many.
many friends who paid attention to movies as a kid, they'd be on in the background. You'd talk during them. You wouldn't watch and consider them. Which is actually sort of my frustration with a lot of things with movies. It's not understanding Ulysses isn't about having read enough books that you can see what Joyce was doing, having read books about reading Ulysses. It's just about having patience. There's just, you have to focus your attention and have patience. And you have to understand how your patience works because it is an act. Being patient is an activity. There is effort involved. And sometimes it's effortless to be patient with a movie. Sometimes it's effortless to be patient with a TV show. Less TV. I will say that. Even good TV these days has so many balls going that it is, it is, there's an effort to paying attention to television. So when I, I don't want to silo star ratings. <clears throat> Stop button. Two and a half stars for Jaws 3 is two and a half stars for Jaws 3. One star for and I just do caps lock in the back. How nicely you sounded when you read the first star. The eagle has landed. It's one star. Four stars for the faculty is four stars. The epistemological toolkit I use doesn't have different settings. It doesn't place different value. I remember one of the quotes I loved as a kid or a teen. Sean Penn apparently said, movies shouldn't be fun. Fun is a Las Vegas suite with cocaine and two hookers. So, we knew Sean Penn was a piece of shit at that time. And Sean Penn, a lot of people, are, a lot of creatives are pieces of shit. And a lot of creatives are even worse pieces of shit because they have permission to be pieces of shit. And that was a really fucked up philosophy. And it came at a time when there was no good philosophy. Even now, let's say we've yet to have a director. Ava DuVernay has got a good philosophy. Um, and I'm sure there are a handful of other main directors who do, but we haven't come very far. A lot of it's because most film philosophy is based on being an elitist or a gatekeeper, which is too bad. And it's getting better, but it's not. It's not getting better fast enough. A few years ago, I saw some tweet about how. Zhang. I can't remember who it was. I 
You should at least maybe be getting, getting behind it because it's bad storytelling. And it's always stuck with me because it's pretty obvious. Like, unless you're doing caricatures for a very specific purpose, Sometimes that specific purpose is to be incredibly racist. It matters why you use the devices you use. So anyway, I'm going to get this posted. I'm not sure how I feel about this subject thing. I feel like I talked a lot, but I didn't get to anything I intended to talk about is a problem I found with, with this uh, monologuing on the fly thing. Okay, well, thanks for listening. Maybe this will be linked on micro.blogs.